0: Back in the old days, we used to drive around from one place to the other. That
1: used to be the Friday and Saturday nights, cruise nights. Drive through the drive-in restaurants. and
0: The guys were looking for girls and vice versa. My girlfriend and I picked him up at a, at a drive-in. He and his best friend and me and my best friend. We, I mean, we just went and had Cokes and stuff and drove around. But So I never <laughs> thought about love at first sight, but I guess that it, it would be close. And I'm not sure that we understood love as it today, then as we do now. I think that's different.
1: I was uh, finishing up college, and everything was a whirlwind. I think that's it was all coming together and happening so fast that we, that like you, like Marilyn said, we were just kind of going, it was going to happen from within a few weeks after we first met. It was one of those things.
0: We had a very small wedding, and. um, it was, I don't really remember anything. Nothing happened that made it um, a catastrophe. Everything just kind of went smoothly. So from the time
1: that we got married, early, actually we, we had kids uh, early. I think Marilyn was 20 and I was 22 when we got married. And within a year we had our first child and within six years we had four. So we were busy seemed like we didn't have time to fight. As soon as the kids came along, which was of course very early, that focused us. And I know we were, I know Marilyn's family and I know my family, we were taught to be responsible. And in in my family, uh, my dad taught my brother and I very strongly that you respected your mom. And I think that carries over in relationships uh, with all women and men that they need to respect each other
0: the one thing that I wish is that we had found our church for earlier in our life because I do think that has made a huge difference in our marriage and it's something I'm very thankful for today and I had something I would hope for my kids
1: 25 or 35 years of our marriage we had a very good family unit but I know from my perspective my focus was totally wrong I was on focusing on making money career path ego and all that kind of thing. And it wasn't really until we found Westbridge that that changed. Your faith and your family needs to come first. That's what I would say.
2: Well, we think uh, Bruce and Marilyn, they uh, celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary the day they did that. And we're thankful that they're a part of our church. So, When Eric and I were first married, we went up to Wisconsin to visit my uh, family, and uh, we decided to go to a parade of homes. If you've never been to one of those before, it's just your opportunity to go into people's houses without the cops being called afterwards. Uh, So we were at one of the last homes of the day. It was a huge house. It had a third floor, and so my dad and I went up the stairs, and we went to the left, to the bedroom, and my mom and Eric went to the right. Uh, to this bonus room. And a few minutes later, my mom came back into uh, the bedroom and said, hey guys, I need you to come check this room out. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, my family likes to play jokes, but I really didn't think anything of it. And as we were doing so, there was a group of women that came up the stairs and they headed into the bonus room in front of us. And there was nothing in the room. It wasn't staged at all. The only thing was this a, like, window seat with a storage box underneath. And one of the ladies from the group started to reach down for the lid, and I thought at that moment, Dear God, my husband is inside that box. <laughs> and he was. He jumped out. <laughs> ah! You know, and the other ladies were freaking out, screaming. One almost peed their pants. And um, Eric, the look on his face was priceless because he thought he was going to be scaring me. Oh, well. Um, you know, I know you're not physically jumping out of any boxes today, but marriage is kind of like that. It definitely puts us in a place that we're going to have to get out of a box after the honeymoon. And if you're single, you're divorced, or you're widowed, I think these concepts that we're going to talk about today can still apply to any relationship that you value. Something I recently heard at an event was that the church tends to put a high value on marriage and family. All the while, we serve a Savior that was single. So if you're single, divorced, or you're widowed today, hear this message with the idea that there is always a honeymoon to every phase of life. Whether you're married or not, a new job, a friendship, your relationship with God, even the church that you belong to. Whatever box that you jump out of, you are bound to feel all of life's ups and downs. In marriage, you just have to do it together. So one couple story that I would like to share with you today is the story of Abraham and Sarah. Now, in big moments of the Bible, God sometimes chose to change people's name to represent a new season, a new chapter of their life. And so I'm going to do that with Abraham and Sarah today, not to confuse you, and their journey was very much out of the box. It was a story of many mistakes, honor, and sacrifice. Ever since Adam and Eve, the people of God just couldn't figure out how to get it together. They were cruel, and there was a lot of sadness, and so God decided he was going to make things right through a family. But like any marriage, there is going to be challenges to walk through. In Genesis 12, one through 2, it says, One day... The Eternal One called out to Abraham. And he said, Abraham, get up and go. Leave your country, leave your relatives and your father's home, and travel to the land I will show you. Don't worry, I'll guide you there. And I have plans to make a great people from your descendants. So Abraham, he jumps way out of his box. And he trusts God fully at 75 years of age. And he and his wife Sarah move away from everything they've ever known. And they head towards Egypt. He obviously does not have control issues like myself, because I would have needed just a touch more direction than that. there's no mention of Sarah 's reaction, but I imagine her being quite surprised of being married for more than fifty years and just moving away and starting over. But even when it's God's plan, it can be a challenge to understand it. So as they were about to pass through Egypt, Abraham turns down the radio and he says to Sarah, "Honey." You know you're a total babe, right? (laughs) Sarah just laughs and goes on to say, Well, when the men of Egypt see you, they will say, This is his wife. And they will kill me, but they will let you live. Just say that you're my sister. Super good idea. And then it may go well. And because of you, they will not kill me. Back then, pharaohs would take many women into their harem for political purposes. And Abraham felt that if they knew Sarah was his wife, he would be killed, and how could that be part of God's plan? So Abraham felt the need to take charge of the situation instead of just trusting God. Sarah agreed to act as his sister, and because she had a rock and bod, she was immediately taken into the harem. Because of their lie, their mistake, God cast sickness upon Pharaoh's household, and Pharaoh ended up giving Sarah back to Abraham, and they went on their way. If you think, well, I really hope Abraham learned his lesson from that, just a couple years later, he did exactly the same thing. Now, don't think Abraham was the only one who had issues. Sarah fell into the same trap, too. God said that he would bless their descendants, but they didn't still have any kids. She didn't think it was ever possible for herself to have children, and I can imagine that this was a very painful subject for her, being in her 70s and still not having a child of her own. So to help God along in this process, she decided the only way for this to work out was to have Abraham have a baby with her servant girl. Does this sound like an episode of Jerry Springer yet? Seriously. For many of us, it's easy to think, wow, all those people of the Bible that God used, they're such good people. I don't think I could ever be like any of them. But when you look through the whole Bible, there was no perfect person except Jesus. And each of them, just like us, dealt with our own setbacks. If you decide to marry, there's going to be countless mistakes between the both of you. Remember, God told Abraham from the very beginning, I have plans to make a great people from your descendants. He suddenly didn't say, "Eh, never mind, Abraham. You weren't the person I wanted. God knew that Sarah and Abraham would still make mistakes. And he continued to use him and them for their greater purpose. God wasn't done with Sarah and Abraham, and he is not done with you. But you need to work through those setbacks so you can flourish into what he knows you can be. Mistakes in marriage can be as simple as not putting the toilet seat down, all the way to infidelity. But how many couples? Do you know, allow their past mistakes to continue to deteriorate their marriage? Any relationship you have, it's a lot of work. So as painful as these moments can be, if you come together as a couple, and you can be more more refined and stronger. So here, Abraham and Sarah, they have moved around. They've been through some very interesting situations in their marriage, and it's now been 10 years since God asked them to go. And I'm sure Abraham and Sarah laid in bed most nights asking each other when God was going to do what he promised. God always keeps his word. A lot of times we start thinking he doesn't because we don't know when God is going to fulfill his promise because God's timing is far different than ours, which so can be a challenge when we are in a culture of now, now, now. God came to Abraham one evening in a dream, and he said, Don't be afraid, Abraham, for I will protect you, and your reward will be great. But Abraham replied, Oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son. You've given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. And then God said, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. And then the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. So after all of those mistakes, and we didn't even talk about all of them today, Abraham and Sarah were going to usher in God's new plan God said, continue to trust and serve me faithfully. Be blameless and true if you are true and trust me, then I will make certain that the covenant with you that I have promised, and I will bless you with a throng of descendants. We're going to skip over the next chapter because every male in Abraham's household had to cut off their foreskin. We're just going to leave that to Greg for a future message, all right? Yikes. So at the ripe age of 100 years old, Abraham and Sarah finally had their baby boy. You know, God had a sense of humor because they named him Isaac, which means laughter. God, he always honors us, but are we honoring him with those closest in our lives? Eric and I are in a community group, and we're discussing marriage right now, and honor was one of the topics we had the other week, and I thought to myself, Am I honoring my husband? I know I can be very sarcastic at times, and I have to be careful with what comes out of my mouth. Because if I don't process it first, it doesn't always come out right. I know that I love my husband, but I realized I wasn't aware of my actions. It's so easy to fall into the mindset of giving the worst of yourself to the ones you love the most. It becomes very easy to go through years of marriage not realizing we are putting very little effort back into it. I mean, we celebrate our kids' birthdays with fanfare, gifts, and balloons, but when it comes to the meaning of your anniversary, have we just made it another day? One of the greatest movies of all time, and I'm sure you're all thinking of the same one. It's the 1989 classic, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Okay. I love Keanu. All right. They say in the movie, be excellent to one another. Let's choose to make our marriages excellent. Choose to honor one another, listen to each other, have fun, make out for a change. Just choose to do life with each other. And on a side note, for those of you that their sp- your spouse doesn't have a relationship with Christ, I know that this is probably a very tender place for you. But just because you don't believe in the same way doesn't mean you don't have to honor them. Because by honoring them, you become the closest, most physical example of Jesus to them each and every day. Married or not, we need to do the same with our relationship with God. Are we giving the worst of ourselves to the one who loves us the most? So back to our story of Abraham and Sarah, their son Isaac grew up, they were happy, and then one day God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, the son he's waited for, the son he loves, the son God planned out for him, so why on earth would God ask him to do such a terrible thing? Isaac, who could have been around his teenage years at the time, and Abraham set out one morning to make a sacrifice, which was a normal occurrence. Isaac carried the wood on his shoulders. They climbed up a steep, stony mountain pass. They built the altar. Isaac questioned what his father was doing when he bound him, but he obeyed. I can imagine tears were probably filling up Abraham's eyes his hands trembling as he raised his knife in the air, pain filling his heart. But at the very last moment, an angel said, Stop. Don't lay your hand on that boy or do anything to harm him. I know now that you respect the one true God and will be loyal to him and follow his commands because you are willing to give up your son, your only son. Does that not sound like another prominent story from the Bible to you? you fast forward 55 generations later when God's only beloved son Jesus, a descendant of Abraham's family, carried the wood of the cross on his shoulders as he too climbed up a steep stony mountain path to his crucifixion. Jesus did question his father the night before in the garden, but he obeyed his father. He was the ultimate sacrifice for us all. It's not always going to be a honeymoon because the reality is there is bound to be sacrifice in marriage. Maybe not to the extent of what Abraham and Isaac went through, but sacrifice can be in many forms. Lost job opportunities, tending to your child's special needs, taking care of your aging parents. I often think of military families and the sacrifice that plays a role in their lives. I met Inga while we were in college, and I witnessed her and her boyfriend Ryan fall in love, and they got married. But soon after, Ryan decided to join the military. As Ryan was willing to sacrifice for our country, their life after their honeymoon and the first 10 years of their marriage was far different, and they had to go through a lot of different forms of sacrifice. Ryan joined the Marines, and he flies a V-22. And in some of his first deployable years, they were incredibly hard because they started having kids. Ryan did two seven-month deployments in Afghanistan in the span of three years. But even when he was home, he also had extended off-site training, and it became physically exhausting for Inga and emotionally hard for Ryan because he missed so many moments with his family. Through those challenging years of their life, God provided a group of women that became like sisters to her. While their husbands were away, they ate dinner five nights a week, they vacationed together, and as their second child was being born, Ryan was still deployed in Afghanistan for another month. However, her two best friends, also nine months pregnant, were both able to be in the delivery room as she welcomed their daughter into the world. And even in the pain of sacrifice of not having her husband by her side, those memories were some of her most cherished. Anga felt God was gracious to give them what they needed, even when they wanted to throw a giant fit, that things weren't ending up the way they planned. Because of living such separate lives, they decided to go to some counseling to work on some different aspects of their marriage, and they found it incredibly helpful, and it brought them closer together. And I know for some of you, professional help seems like you can't do it on your own. But if you cannot make progress after a hard season, this is always a great option. A couple of deployable years are around the corner for them, but they feel like they've learned so much from those first 10 years of marriage. They've realized that their love has to become a we rather than a me. Sometimes we have to sacrifice the things we want or expected, and we have to choose to let it go. Being in marriage can easily bring out our selfish tendencies, and you have to choose whether or not you want to put your spouse first. Just like Bruce and Marilyn talked about in the video today, even in our life, are we choosing to put God first in our marriage or have other selfish tendencies put him down a couple notches? I know Abraham and Sarah's story has a lot of extreme situations. Every one of our stories is different, but each of us is going to have mistakes. We're going to have to sacrifice at times, and we're going to choose whether or not we want to honor God. It's so good to know that wherever you are in your journey, you can't turn back the clock, but thank God you can wind it back up again. Know that you can put all of our hopes and challenges into the one who never fails, always honored, and sacrificed it all for us. Today we have some folks that are taking a part in baptism, and just like marriage is a public commitment of your love, baptism is a public commitment of honoring your faith. As you look through the Bible, it's just one continuous story, and we are all descendants of Abraham and Sarah. Growing up, I sang this kid's song, Father Abraham, to a bunch of crazy five-year-olds during Sunday school, but the simple meaning represents God's faithful plan for all of us, and it goes like this. Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them. So are all of you. So let's all praise the Lord.